I'm a control freak. I like to be in control. And building that wall makes me, it, it gives me a sense of control because that wall helps, lets me know that I am in control of what happens next. I get to decide how far you're going to come in. I get to decide if you come in. I get to decide mm -hmm. if you touch me in any kind of way. And when I say touch, I mean emotionally. So that is right. my way of trying to control the outcome of whatever the circumstance is. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Shades of Strong. So today we're going to be talking about emotional walls and tearing them down, building them up, how they come to pass and all that stuff. And I was telling Natty before we jumped on that I have some personal things going on in my life right now, which is causing me to kind of go back to that space where I had this really hard emotional wall built up so this morning when i got up i was in like this super weird place so i got up this morning i went through my normal routine worship prayer journaling meditation all that stuff with the hopes that it would put me in a happier place emotionally but yeah it didn't work so then i started trying to encourage myself i'm like surely you got this you've been through worse just you know talking to myself trying to encourage myself but none of that was working. So then I got to thinking about this whole phrase where people say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I began to ask myself, does it really? So I don't know, Natty, what do you think? I think what doesn't kill you can ultimately make you stronger. It only can make you stronger if, like the thing that hasn't killed you, the really hard thing, the trauma, the, the, the heartbreak, whatever that thing can only make you stronger if you were willing to face it at first or face it at any point a lot of times we don't face things we've talked about this wow we have talked about this so much so far this season about our feelings and how we can't just ignore them we can't stuff them down and expect them to just disappear into oblivion oh like oh, i stuck it down it's gone away it's gone no it just kind of festers in our body and that doesn't produce the the outcome that we're hoping for it's only when we truly face our feelings and sit with them that we can end up with the outcome that we're hoping for and so if we don't ever face it if we don't face how we're feeling about whatever that thing is that didn't kill us. We're left with, we're still left with those feelings, even though we're not like acknowledging anything, we're still left with it. And until we face it, we're not going to be stronger. We're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker until eventually that thing that didn't kill us probably does kill us. Mm -hmm. That part. This morning when I got up, like I said, I was like in a, just a really eerie place because of some personal things that I have going going on and but, but what I realized in that moment was you know how we've been talking about healing and you and I have done so much work and there are some things that we're we're still working on and processing trying to to move through I realized that the person that I used to be 
is still lying dormant in me. When, when my world gets shaken up, my initial response is always to go back to what's familiar. And what's mm -hmm. familiar for me is the emotional wall because that protects me. Yeah. And that's why I said before it makes you stronger, it makes you build a wall. Because when I go back to the old Cheryl, she be shutting everybody out. She yeah. completely shuts down. And that's where I wanted to go this morning. I wanted so desperately to go back to that place where I didn't feel anything. And when I say nothing, Natty, I mean nothing. I didn't feel happiness. I didn't feel sadness. There was no indifference. It, it was nothing because my emotional walls ha have been, had been up for years and they were rock solid. And this morning, I found myself wanting desperately to go back to that girl because I didn't want to feel anything. I don't want to feel what I was feeling this morning, but I got to say, I'm proud of myself because I did not do it. I desperately mm -hmm. wanted to, I wanted to completely shut down. And I can remember even when I was that person, even if I felt like my walls were getting a little soft, I was, I was still very, very careful. I rarely show any, when I was in, in a relationship, I rarely show any type of expression of love. I didn't hug. I didn't do any of that PDA. Mm -hmm. I didn't say I love you. I would honestly intentionally sabotage relationships because I'm going to get you before you get me. And so mm -hmm. today I really, really, really wanted to go back to that place. I can remember being in that space and my mom would always tell me she, she would be like, you're so hard on people. They do one thing and you just ready to, to, to just shut them out and, and throw them away. And I'm like, yeah, because they don't deserve second chances. And today I wanted to go back there. But because of growth and because of the work that I've done, I remembered how miserable my life was. I actually mm -hmm. saw myself this stoic person. That just whatever happened, happened. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if I said something to hurt your feelings. It didn't matter if you said something to hurt my feelings. I don't care. So I got to say, I'm proud of the work that I've done because I did not go back to that space. I allowed myself to feel what I was feeling. And I cried a little bit. And then I pulled myself back together. And then I was like, okay, you did that. Yeah. It, it, it does make you strong eventually. But you have to get there. Maddie, have you experienced anything like that in your life? Was there ever a point in your life where you where you built a wall instead of dealing with what was going on with you? Oh, yeah. I was a lot like you, Shirley. I really was. It was. It had gotten to the point where one time back in the early aughts, it was probably like 2005, something like that. My husband and I, we were at a like a prayer meeting. And it's one of the, it was one of those prayer meetings where we would just sing a bunch of worship music and then we would, people would start praying, everybody would start praying and then they would start prophesying over you, stuff like that. And so I remember this uh, lady, she was the pastor of the churches. She started prophesying over me and she said something to the effect of basically talking about the way I, way I, the way I operate, the way I operated at the time. And she was like, I know everyone looks at you like you're just, like you just have this, um, like you're just like the strong one and all kinds of things come at you from every side. And she paused and she said, and you just 
you just buck up and you just keep going. And I was like, and then she said, you know, she said, I'll get you some stuff too. But I was like, that's exactly what I used to do. I would not show my emotions either. I didn't like people seeing me cry. So I went to great pains to not let people see me cry. I was really hurt about something. All anyone ever saw from me emotion-wise was like, if I was angry, you could tell. But And if something was going wrong, it was just like, oh, well, you know, you just keep going. And that was the way I would put up my walls. So no one would ever know what was really going on with me. If I was truly, truly angry, a lot of times people didn't even know that. If I was heartbroken or really hurt or really afraid about something, they never knew that because you couldn't see it. I had gotten pretty good at, like we were talking a few weeks ago, like wearing these masks. Uh And so I would pour my energy into all kinds of other things around me. Of course, you know, that's just, you know, a means of distraction and that was the mask that I wear. And on to people on the outside, it just looked like, yep, yeah, I, I just buck up and I keep it moving. And bucking up and keeping it moving, you think you're helping yourself. You really mm-hmm. do. Like you said, like protecting yourself. From what I don't exactly know, I guess maybe like judgments from other people or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. But you you think it's helping. It really is not helping. Because all of that time, all I ever really wanted was to be able to talk to somebody about what was going on. I wanted to be able to talk to someone about how I was feeling. I wanted to be able to vent, and I never could do that. There was no one for me to vent to. And having to just kind of buck up and keep it moving was really harming me. It was really, really harming me. So, yeah, I had I had to get to a point where I just couldn't allow myself to keep doing that. I couldn't allow myself to keep pretending that everything was fine when things weren't fine. And I'm still not super great at it. I'm going to just be transparent with you here. I'm still not great at voicing what I'm feeling in the moment when I really need to. I'm a lot better, but there are still times when I, I still just kind of buck up and keep it moving. And let me just go on record as saying that's that's the farthest thing from health, healthy. That's just that's not healthy at all. Like I said, if, if if we don't deal, we don't face whatever the thing is that tried to kill us, and we if we don't deal with it, face it sooner than later, it may end up still killing us. And, and I'm hiding literally it is, killing is you. Literally, I mean, yeah, I mean, literally, literally killing us. There is really just no sense in hiding from from other people and there's definitely no sense in hiding our feelings from ourselves we just can't like like i've said like i said a few weeks ago they don't go away <laughs> they really don't we, you think you cl- you sh- slam the door on them and you build all the walls and everything they're still there like mm-hmm. it they don't go away there is no way out aside from through it's just like I was talking about the little girl that lies dormant in you and she's just waiting for the opportunity to manifest herself. The same thing goes with those feelings that we bury. They lie dormant in you and eventually they're going to manifest themselves in an unhealthy ways. And so mm-hmm. it's best. And I know it's easier said than done. We're not sitting up here. you know. Oh, yeah, certainly. You know, 
it's, it's, like it's, I just admitted to you, I certainly have not it's, arrived. It's, like, like, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah, it's a lifelong it's a lifelong journey. And I think what happens is or I can say for me when it comes to the to building the emotional walls, I'm a control freak. I own it. I like to be in control and building that wall makes me it, it gives me a sense of control because that wall helps lets me know that I am in control of what happens next. <laughs> like when my wall, even though you're not. Even though I'm not, but <laughs> right. <laughs> you let me have that, girl. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm in control. I get to decide how far you're going to come in. I get to decide if you come in. I get to decide mm-hmm. if you touch me in any kind of way. And when I say touch, I mean emotionally. So that is right. my way of trying to control the outcome of whatever the circumstance is. So I build this wall. And I think that may be true for a lot of people. Like I think as as human beings, we like to be in control of what happens to us. And like you just said, Natty, just don't put me out there on front street like that. We have no control. <laughs> like, we really don't. Really we just don't. About it, we just don't because life happens. And there are life ends up happening things. anyway. Anyway, and there are just some things that are simply beyond our control because I think we've said this a couple of episodes back to the only person that you can control or is you. You can control mm-hmm. how you respond to a situation, right, but you cannot right. control the behaviors and the actions of other people. So even though you build that wall, you're not necessarily controlling what they can and cannot do to you. You're not controlling nearly as much as you think you are. You're not. We, we don't. We just, we don't. Because, you know, again, life ends up happening anyway. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that to sound like, you know, a Debbie Downer or like, oh, it just is what it is. That's not what I mean. I mean, if you're expecting things to go your way all the time, you're in for a very rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. life is, is up and it's also down. And sometimes we go through these seasons where it seems like it's nothing but down. Mm-hmm. I've had those seasons in my life and there was nothing that I could do about it. There's just nothing I could do about it. And every time I tried to make things happen or fix this or fix that, it just blew up in my face because mm-hmm. sometimes circumstances are just that, they're circumstances. Yeah. I think the lesson, like you're always talking, Shirley, about what sometimes all you can come out of it with is a lesson. And mm-hmm. I think the lessons that I learned over time are a maybe this really is about my response to these Ooh, circumstances. Now that's a good one, Natty. Maybe if I can stop responding the same way I've been responding mm-hmm. every single time, maybe then the outcome can be a little different. Maybe mm-hmm. it's about me recognizing that I can't do everything alone. I actually need other people. I actually need someone else because we're I'm a human being and yeah you think you're just going to be this loner on this planet and that whole phrase about no person is an island that really is true you're not an island Natty you can't do this on your own maybe that's a lesson and then yeah the other lesson maybe it's time to stop ignoring this thing over here thinking it'll just go away because clearly it has not gone away and it's might be time now's as good a time as any 
for you to come face to face with it mm-hmm. and deal with it. Absolutely. So the, you know, lessons, they happen. They do happen. Um, we've talked about this a number of times that you look for the lessons in whatever that circumstance is. But going back to what we were saying about the control, ultimately, we, we don't really could control anything that happens on some level that we, we do control. But for the most part, we don't control how life happens, when it happens. We do control how we respond to how it happens. So like Natty was saying, maybe the lesson is in how how you respond to the situation. I think another reason we find ourselves building these these walls is because as Black women that we don't want to be vulnerable. So mm-hmm. it becomes a way for us to survive and cope right. without falling apart. But I think what we don't realize is that when you refuse to be vulnerable, then you're robbing yourself of happiness because at the very core of vulnerability is peace, joy, happiness, and love. You cannot experience those things without some level of vulnerability. And so you we most have certainly to, cannot. Yeah. You can't. Like I, I just feel there's like no way. A, there's no way you can't. It's a part of life if you if because you have to let people in in order to mm-hmm. experience those things. Like you cannot live right. in a world by, by yourself where you're not loving anybody and nobody's loving you, where you're not taking any risk in relationships, be that friend or romantic, where you're not mm-hmm. freely giving yourself to, to somebody and then allowing yourself or opening yourself up to other people. You have to be able to do that. In order for us to get to to this place that we're always talking about, where there's love, joy, peace, and happiness, where you wake up in that space every morning, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And in order to Mm -hmm. do that, then you're going to have to open yourself up to some things and some circumstances and some people and not be afraid to go with a feeling or an emotion because we want to protect our hearts. And I think that goes back to, to childhood I think it's it starts in oh, childhood. Yeah. Like what happened as a child? Like what what happened in your childhood that made you feel like you couldn't be vulnerable? For me, it was like I it think, wasn't safe. Yeah, like it wasn't safe. For me, it was when my mom said after my mom after my dad, my mom had put my dad out and she's like, Don't you come to this table with that crying today or something like that? Mm-hmm. And so that made me feel like crying wasn't okay. And so I think we have to go back and revisit our childhoods, too, to see where this thing came from. And then you have to set your a safe place for emotions. You have to create that that space for yourself. So maybe it wasn't a safe space for a child. So now that you're into adulthood, then you have to create your own emotionally safe space and determine what that looks like for you. For me, my emotionally safe space is not pushing things down is it's it's being okay with crying for years i did not cry i did not shed a tear because i felt like that wasn't okay but baby when i tell you i started crying (laughs) Mm -hmm. the waterfalls like seriously and so now i don't stop myself from crying and i don't apologize for crying so that's my emotionally safe space is crying that's where i feel my safest when i can release what I'm feeling. What's yours, Natty? Honestly, it's it's the same. Actually feeling like it's okay 
mm-hmm. to cry. It's okay to, to cry inconsolably. It's okay to sob, like mm-hmm. sob, like just break down sobbing. It's okay to break down. That's the thing that I've, I've had to teach myself. Right. It's okay to break down. Because like going back to what you were saying, Cheryl, about Black women, we've done all these things to build this fortress around us so that we, mm-hmm. it keeps us from falling apart. But we're still falling apart. That Just no part. one sees it. We're still falling apart. So the real, the real danger is, hey, no one's seeing us fall apart. And yet, but so where we are right then is we're still telling ourselves mm-hmm. that it isn't okay to yep. fall apart. So I've had to learn to tell myself, no, you can fall apart. You can break down. And that's extremely scary. It's extremely scary because falling apart means, A, well, acknowledging that I have no control. Mm-hmm. And B, acknowledging that or being afraid that uh, the thing in my family when I was a kid is uh, I had relatives and my, and my parents um, would say things like they each had siblings. Like they were each one of five kids and they would say, oh, well, so-and-so had a nervous breakdown last year. And so that I heard that a lot. So-and-so, this person had a, had a nervous breakdown. That person had a nervous breakdown. The other person had a nervous breakdown. And so in, in childhood, I learned, yeah, you can't fall apart. You can't break down because you'll end up having a nervous breakdown and then you'll be crazy and no one, you know, somebody will have to take care of you. You'll have to mm-hmm. be in some kind of facility or something because you broke down and you had a nervous breakdown. So that's the thing that I'm still working through um, because, yeah, when I get into those really deep depressive spells, I'm not really functioning. I'm not really functioning. And there is still that part of me that saying, yeah, you can't be like this. You can't fall apart like this. Like, this isn't good. So I've had to learn, hey, if something's going on and you feel like you're going to lose it, it's okay. It's okay to lose it. There's no point in trying to keep it together because you can't really keep it together anyway. Allow whatever's going to happen, happen, like for you emotionally and Another thing that I've learned about myself since last fall is that I'm the type of person that experiences life on like this emotional wave. And sometimes the the wave is steady and calm. And a lot of times the emotional wave is low. And then a lot of times the emotional wave is high. Mm -hmm. And what I never understood and never learned is how to actually ride the wave. And so I'm learning how to do that now, learning to just ride the wave which means if I'm feeling an emotional high, it's okay. I'm not going to go off and do stuff, you know, make rash decisions during that time. I'm just going to ride the wave. But also when the wave is low, instead of trying to yank myself up out of it and not fall apart, not do this and, oh, you're going to, I just learn. I'm learning to ride the wave. I'm learning to still just feel what I'm feeling. And I keep telling myself that that's okay. It takes, I, I gotta say, it takes a while to get to that space though, because I think you and I have talked about this. Like, it's been years, it took us years mm-hmm. to get here to be able to say, I'm okay with crying, I'm okay mm-hmm. with falling apart, I'm okay with feeling the feels. It took us years mm-hmm. to get there. For me, it's only been probably a good seven or eight years, honestly, if I'm being completely honest. 
And like you say, I still haven't completely arrived. I'm still arriving. It's it's a process. We say that over and over again. It's a journey. And and that is the journey is the destination. I love that grandma put that on a t-shirt. But yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah, the journey is the destination. So what I wanted to put out there for our listeners today is are you an emotional wall builder? Is that your go-to thing when life happens unexpectedly? For me, it is. And I have to kind of move myself from, from that space, deal with what's going on with me. And I have to do it quickly because I will go to that emotional wall quick, fast, and in a hurry. My question for our listeners is, are you an emotional builder? And if you are, I think now is the time to start coming up with a plan on how you can deviate from that and start doing things differently. And so like Natty and I were saying, like my my safe space and emotionally safe space for me is being able to cry. And that is is being able to fall apart, which consists of being able to cry. So what does your emotionally safe space look like? That's where you're going to have to learn to go instead of building that wall. That totally makes sense. I think I'm definitely discovering that, yeah, my safe space, especially, you know, like I said, over this last year, my safe space is learning how to ride my emotional wave. So yeah, for me, it's a choice. Am I going to build a wall around me and stay stuck in one spot mm-hmm. and pretend that that makes everything better? Or right. am I going to ride this wave? And so I have to actively make the choice to ride it. Exactly, because your your emotionally your emotion emotional safe space cannot be the wall. <laughs> that cannot no, it can't. Be your emotionally safe space, your emotionally safe safe space has to be. In more cases than not, it's going to be the opposite of what you experienced as a child or even as an adult. So mm-hmm. my emotionally safe space. It's got to be. Like, go ahead, Natty. No, ahead. I was going to say your emotional safe space is whatever is going to facilitate healing for you. And mm-hmm. walls don't do that. Because walls not only keep other people out, they keep you out. They keep you mm-hmm. from experiencing life to its fullest. They keep you living from a place of fear and anxiety. Because what you're because not only are you shedding out, out your friends and your family and loved ones, but you're 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 shedding out your authentic self, that person who was created to love and live and be. And do you really want to shed her out? No. So you, your, your emotionally safe space cannot be the wall. It cannot be the wall. So here's what I suggest doing examine each situation on an individual basis and decide if this situation or if the situation is a person is worthy of a wall because let's be real (laughs) some people need a wall right that's and that's different that's (laughs) called boundaries boundaries. yeah and you want those definitely want those and you definitely want boundaries and my situation today I was all in my feelings and I allowed myself to feel the feels. But when I examined the situation, I said, this situation doesn't need a wall. This person doesn't need a wall. I just need to set some healthy boundaries so that I am protecting myself emotionally. So in order to start tearing down the wall and in order 
to get to a place where the wall is not your go-to safety space, you've got to start examining each circumstance, each person on a case-by-case basis and ask yourself, does this person really deserve a wall? Does this situation really deserve a wall? The wall keeps you shut in. The boundary helps you to protect yourself emotionally. And that's just saying, the boundary is saying, okay, I'm not going to allow you to treat me this way. And you have a right to protect yourself emotionally. You should be doing that. So don't build a wall, set a boundary. And if it needs a wall, you may have like, when I say if it needs a wall, I'm saying you may have to create an exit strategy for that person. Like that person can no longer be a part of your life, but the wall is not shedding you. Right. It's just shedding them out. That totally makes sense. Because if you're in a situation where being around a certain person is causing you real harm Mm -hmm. and or putting you in real danger, then yeah, like like Shirley said, uh, an exit, (laughs) like a very swift and firm exit. And then yeah, there can be a wall there like, nope, this is this is a place in. that you can't yeah. enter. A boundary is different because a boundary still allows lines of communication to be open. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have to communicate with that person all the time, but if the need arises, you can still communicate with someone. There are just guidelines on, uh, as to what kind of communication is going to be allowed or you know something like that. That's completely different. And yeah, that when you have healthy boundaries, you are actually doing something very real to care for and protect yourself. I think, I think that the, the difference in the wall and the boundary, can, we can easily relate to family members because unless the relationship is like super, super toxic and you really do need to build a wall, I think family members need boundaries. There's nobody Mm -hmm. in in my family that I want to build a wall for and say you can never get back in. But there are some people Mm -hmm. that I have set healthy boundaries with. So I think Mm -hmm. when we're deciding whether or not whether or not it should be a wall or boundary, we can look at the dynamics of our familiar relationship and see Mm -hmm. if 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 it needs a wall or boundary. You know, just decide which one you need. Everybody is not going to need a wall, but there are going to be a few people that need a wall. So examine each situation on a case by case. And those are extreme cases. Those usually. are extreme cases. Yeah. Like, yeah. like for instance, um, my ex-husband who molested my daughter, he had got a wall. Oh, that's a wall. Yeah, he gets a wall. So that's a, cases, that's a wall. That's a great wall of China right there. Exactly. Yeah. It's that part, yes. So he has a like, wall. Nope, nope, so nope. there are instances where people are going to need a wall, but I think for the most part, people are going to need boundaries, not a whole wall. Yes. But it's a case-by-case basis. You examine it and you decide what works best for you. But please be honest with yourself. <laughs> don't, don't just mm-hmm. go building walls just because you can. <laughs> that is not healthy. And we are trying to mm-hmm. get you to a healthy space a peaceful space, a place where you can wake up happy every day and living inside a wall. Because like I said, when you build that wall, you put yourself on the other side of it as well. So you want to be very, very careful about Mm -hmm. that. And so that's your homework for today. Answer the question. 
Am I an emotional <laughs> wild bitch? Look at me giving homework, y'all. Am I Look at you. An emotional. Listen. Well, everyone's at home, so they'll be able to do it. Exactly. I'm at home, <laughs> you know, with my daughter, and she's homeschooling. So, yeah, I'm the teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, your homework is are you an emotional wild builder? If you are, come up with a plan to kind of deviate from that and find out what your emotional safe space is. And then rather than going to that wall, go to your safe space. And if that means you got to fall apart, then fall apart. Fall apart. And even if that means, you know what I would love to have in Mississippi that we don't have is a smash room where people can just go in there Mm. and break some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes like throwing stuff just makes you feel better, you know? And so So, or someplace where you can just go in there and scream. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just scream. Yes. Because sometimes you just need that, you know? So anyway, I digress. Yeah. Yeah. What you got before we get out of here, Natty? I might tack on a little bit to your assignment. Go ahead, girl. Maybe do some digging and ask yourself the question, because not everyone's like me. Just like, no, not everyone's like Shirley. But Mm -hmm. see if you can find out for yourself. Do some personal research and think about the way you are and ask yourself if you're someone who needs to, who, who kind of lives on an emotional wave. Because if you are, then yeah, it's time to learn to ride that wave. There you have it. Homework, get it done. <laughs> and mm-hmm. let us know how you can. Oh yeah, send messages, yeah. Send us messages. You can send us messages in, um, you can slide in Natty's DM. You can slide, I think Natty's MP Bradshaw on IG. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm Shades of Strong. I don't have a personal IG account. I don't know why I just don't. Anyway, Shades of Strong. And just send us a DM. And I love know. seeing messages. Yes, we love seeing those messages. Like as I check the inbox on Facebook and I check it on on Instagram too, and I always send them to Natty, and we'd be like, "Wow, mm-hmm. oh my it's gosh, so I can't believe that conversation did that." And it just it just warms our heart to know that our really experiences does. are are helping you because it helps right. help help us to know that all the crap that we went through was not in vain. <laughs> right, it was. It was not all for naught. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> helping people. Yes. So let us know how the yeah. assignment went. Let us know, you know, what is what is your emotionally safe space? Did you discover what it was? Did you discover that you're that you're a wall builder? Do you have did you did you um are you building wall or are you setting boundaries? Like we want to hear about those things. And we don't share with anybody else. We share it with each other, but we don't share it with other people. So right. yeah. Send us a message. We yeah, your stuff is safe with us. Stuff is safe with us. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. We're actually going to wrap it up. Follow us on all social media platforms, mm-hmm. shapestrong.com. Anyway, we out of here, y'all, and we will see you back here next week. 